Hi, everyone. This is Olga Mack. <laughs> I have a wonderful guest and a wonderful conversation. Robin, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Robin Meyer, and I'm general counsel for TokenX, which is a company that provides data tokenization to secure sensitive data. Uh, I actually want to talk a little bit more about TokenX. <laughs> Um, why, why, who and why would you use this product? So um, I had to look that up myself when, um, or before I applied for the job, I saw the job description and thought, oh, that's me. And then I thought, what is data tokenization? <laughs> so I went out there. What it is, is um, an example would be if you just think of uh, perhaps a social security number. TokenX comes in before the company gets your social security number. And we put it through an algorithm. So like the movie Transformers. It transforms this, like that social security number, um, replaces the sensitive parts with non-sensitive characters. But the difference between that and encryption is that you can leave out a part of it so it makes it still usable by the business without having to reveal the whole number. So when we call places and they say, what's the last four of your social security number? That's often because they have tokenized, they've put other characters and for the rest of your number. And that's really important because if you have a breach and the bad guys get in, the social security numbers aren't there. They just aren't there. So they don't get the data. Okay. That's a good explanation. I love that explanation. Before being in TokenX, you had other adventures. So what was the winding road that took you where you are today? I was on adventure in the public sector. So I was embedded um, in a data center with the IT people and the CIO, et cetera. So I saw contracts that just went of all shapes and sizes, hardware, software of every flavor, fiber telecom, professional services, just all the way across the board. Although I never saw data tokenization. You know, you clearly made a pivot in your career. Um, yeah. Many of us have to make pivots throughout our career. And you had to learn about this thing, data tokenization that, you know, you just defined for us. How did you go about one, one learning and two convincing that you haven't done it before, but you would be able to do it here? Well, actually, um, it's funny because my experience on the buyer side, and then I also, uh, in addition to the tech contract avenue i also had a, a stint as in the procurement deep in procurement and so it comes up a lot at tokenx sometimes something will come up and i'll be looking at what somebody has asked us to do and uh, like our sales director will say is this something you would have asked for if you were the buyer or no <laughs> um so it actually has been really advantageous it, it's a shift but I'm I'm real familiar with what's common in terms all the way across. So it's a pretty good gauge to come in on the other side and realize what's fair to the buyer because you've been the buyer. Let's talk about fairness in the context of contracts. Um, there is a range, let's just say, between blatantly <laughs> offensive and highly favorable. How do you think about that range? Tech contracts. Um, just generally all the way across the industry um, for a long time, I've been saying they are just the tech industry in its words, not necessarily in its actions, but in its words, just extremely aggressive industry. I came to be very familiar 
with a lot of layering and lacing in obligations and putting snippets of pieces across documents. And I'll never forget the, the day somebody brought in uh, documents. It was a business stakeholder. She brought in documents about our ability to um, make our functionality go up or down. That's it. And there were eight documents. <laughs> so this is just about up or down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'll put that would get fixed. It's very important. Well, <laughs> hey, evidently. Overkill. evidently. Interesting. So you just said that you think that tech contract language can be aggressive. You've seen it pretty being pretty yeah. aggressive. Tell tell me more. Tell me how you how you're thinking about it and tell me how, how it affects kind of your daily life. On the buyer's side, I, I probably my very favorite, and I still see it today. It's a, a clause that says something to the effect of you put your data here at your own risk. And inevitably, that statement often it, it comes in when that's exactly what you're paying the, the provider to do, right? Is to store your data or to process your data. And so to say you put it here at your own risk, it's just a flag to say, don't put it here, right? <laughs> um, well, so how, how do you have the, I mean, that, 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 that makes sense, right? Uh, you providing, what do you mean? You want me to take the risk for the services that you're providing? How do you right. have this conversation right. diplomatically? If something is that blatant as buyer's counsel, and, and even now today, because we have providers that, you know, give us services just for our business. And if I see something like that, it's just almost a no-go because it's like, what, what are you trying to say on the, on the other side? If it's something that's a little less egregious than that, um, there's a couple of things that happen. And um, sometimes when I've pushed back um, with a kind of a list of things that are egregious, I, the response to that is, here's another set of terms. Here, here's some better terms. On the buyer side, I, I, that's offensive to me because I think, well, why didn't you just give me those terms? Were you going <laughs> to treat me less because I didn't ask? It just leaves an unfair feeling with your buyer. If something's really just crazy, I'll flag it for discussion. We'll have a call and I'll say, it looks like the risk of XYZ is inappropriately shifted over to us. And that's what we're paying you to do. And then they will give, oh, well, here's what that means. They say something very vanilla, very reasonable, <laughs> which gives me the opening to say, yes, I com we completely agree with that. So what if we just change the words to say what you just said? And then they say, then they say, mm, we'll send you some alternative language. Um, yeah. Well, look, Robin, I'm with you. You know, at the end, I have to entertain myself, right? Um, <laughs> and that, 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 you know, I, people are sometimes ask me, what is the secret to practicing law for a long time and enjoying it? It's, it's finding gems like this and, um, and seeing the, the fun side of law. Um, in the, you know, in a contract negotiation that can be sometimes a little bit more uh, mundane. Uh, but um, I yeah. like it how you pointed out this, you know, when the other side sort of gives you an education. Um, and then you're like, yeah, I think we're on the same page. Why don't you go ahead and put it in a contract? <laughs> so far, they've never put those exact words in a contract. And, and even when they give alternative language, um, I don't think I've, I don't know if I've ever gotten alternative language that then didn't get further negotiated because it's still over the line. It's just not 
crazy over the line. <laughs> you use term called uh, hiding the ball. T tell, tell what you mean by that, and, and then let's talk about how we deal with it. Right. So hiding the ball, um, you could call it chasing marbles. Like an example of that is, let's say a tech provider wants their customer to pay them no matter what. Just no matter what, no matter if if they do something wrong, just no matter what they could. If they were if they were just using plain terms, they would just put that in the payments clause and it would just say you're going to pay no matter what in a little bit better language than that. But instead, um, what I've seen is it'll say upon termination, you will pay all accrued fees, which to a person just reading that and accrued fees isn't defined. It's just small a small f. To a person reading that, you think, oh, okay, so I am going to pay what I owe for services I've received before termination. Right. That's, that is fair. But if you go kind of dancing over to a different document, like an order form, then you'll find over there that all fees accrue on day one. So what that means is all fees have accrued on day one. On termination, you pay all accrued fees. But you have to chase it across all the documents to put those together. And there's you just have to kind of have almost a sense about it. This feels funny. Hmm. Wonder what it says. It is an interesting example, right? Because it is highly misleading and does require a lot of close reading. And depending on the size of contract, you you may or may not be doing it, frankly, right? You know, and, and if it's a payment term, it's one thing, but it may be um, something else, maybe that in risk exceeds the, the payment term. So let's talk about the payment term that you just mentioned and the challenge of things being scattered across uh, various documents. Some of them may or may not be even be put in front of you. Some of them could be living on their website that they can change at any time. Right. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Um, well, you know, in the public sector, um, you inherit those unilateral terms, revision rights. And on one hand, if, if it's their policy, although even the policy sometimes, unfortunately, I would go look at the policy and instead of it being a policy strictly, you know, like they should have the right to change for their business, it would also be embedded with terms, which is just blatantly unfair, frankly, because you it, it would be fair to let you change your policy, but then you lace your policy with things you shouldn't. But on just straight out unilateral uh, right to revise terms, um, I always just made it mutual and said, well, I'll tell you what, that's fair. But if you do that, then it's okay if we add terms to our purchase order. I mean, that would be okay. <laughs> that's never okay. <laughs> it's never okay. And yeah, I'm okay, then, okay, no, yeah. So what is right. to, to that? To mutuality um, of the purchase order? Uh, what? What do you what what response do you get with that request? Usually um we had a little discussion about how that wasn't okay with them, and I go, Well then I don't understand how it's okay with us. The other thing I would sometimes say, which is just let's just get to the truth. So if you want us to comply really, you're going to have, we're going to have to know we should be agreeing. You could be putting terms in it. We literally can't even comply with like, it's just literally in, in real life, not going to happen. So sometimes I would say, well, we can write those words in there, but I can just tell you this really in, in real life, 
this isn't going to happen this way, actually. So what if we just wrote what could really happen? Do you have any other examples of this uh, of this sort of hiding the ball uh, or uh, chasing the marbles example? Another one um, I've seen is like in a limitation of liability clause, and it'll say it's limited to uh, your subscription fees, right? And that's a defined term. And so when we see that, we think, okay, that means we get our money back. That's not the best. Um, it seems to kind of be a standard sometimes, but that kind of completely disregards the importance of what the technology might have been. Uh, it might disrupt your business and cause you a lot more grief than you know the amount that you paid for it. But you're thinking, okay, I at least get my money back. But if you again go over to another document and just trace through the defined terms, which we should all do in contracts, no matter tech or what they are, but when you trace that through, sometimes that fee is waived. So you get over to the subscription fee and it might be zero. It's just being crafty, right? And they call your payment something else. <laughs> so it's a way of hiding the fact that they have zero liability. Um, another one, and this is really nuanced, is when you look at a limitation of liability paragraph. And let's say it says, um, what was paid in the previous 12 months or payable in the previous 12 months or something like that. Um, aside from the fact that you have a timing issue on the front of the contract where 12 months actually hasn't been paid yet, but that aside, the other piece of that is sometimes you look at that and you see 12 months worth, but then when you go look, they don't put the disclaimers of liability where you can easily find them. So they're littered in other places where you wouldn't just immediately look for them. And when you start thinking about all the things that they're not responsible for, then you get to the question of, well, what are you responsible for? And sometimes the answer is elusive. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's yeah, I, I've gone through exercises to figure out getting those scattered gems and trying to figure out how they all jive together. And it's it's actually an annoying one. And two, uh, hard to do. You're never quite sure. And it's such a, such a waste of time. I'm hopeful that this has a change coming. We hear so much about trust and transparency more today than we did, say, five or 10 years ago, or it seems to me. This really impacts the trust issue. I would think that a tech provider would want the trust of their customer and when their words say everything in the world but trust, then it just under, I think it's under the idea that they won't be read, really. Just kind of like privacy notices have been until recently. Lots of words, lots of words, 17,000 words, but you're still bound by them, supposedly. It's just never your best day when you're willing to hold a customer hostage with words that they overlooked. That's just not a good conversation. To be happy. I, yeah, I mean, look, contract is the beginning of a relationship with your customer. Right. I usually joke, you know, your negotiation and your contract negotiation is the best day. Like, this <laughs> is when the contract is still not signed. You can walk away. Right. They want your business. They want your right. business. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. They want your business. They're on their best behavior. And if their best behavior is where you feel a little uncomfortable, that's a really <laughs> good indication 
of what the real marriage will be. <laughs> That's what I always say. We are dating. This is how they are dating. <laughs> this is, I don't know. You know, but right. there's also, there's also a funny situation too. And, and this one's flummoxing. <laughs> so, um, where the words are completely egregious, but yet in real life, they a, a company acts differently. And um, in my previous position, we had this front and center. And then we renegotiated a renewal of that contract after. And they still wouldn't budge on the egregious words. And uh, we were too entrenched and they're a huge provider. And so it, we weren't going to be able to change those words and, unless they just agreed. And, but we really didn't have the, the heavy dating stick, you know, you're talking about. And we had a, a new whiz-bang technology that was very foundational. It was implemented, had them completely alongside, didn't work. Pull the contract. What does it say? It says two pages in bold, capitalized print, disclaimer of every, of every liability imaginable, which we just thought, oh, my gosh, what, what did we do? But in real life, the vendor came right alongside stayed with us to solve the problem. It uh, was the solution. No one could figure it out. They flew a person, kid you not, from across the globe, not just a country or two over, way on the other side of the world, flew him in. He walked in, looked around. He said, there's your problem. Got back on the plane and went home. If they were willing to do that, I just don't understand why be so egregious and oppressive with your terms just because you can. I mean, it's a little bit of equivalent of not taking a shower, you know, on, on your dates, just to make sure if you like me in this state, I know you love me in the better state. I guess I can see the logic to some extent, but hey, there's a better way to date. <laughs> you know, your contracts should align with your culture um, and, and project that. And that's sort of the first hello that the uh, customer feels. But I don't think we're there yet. Uh, I haven't seen many providers align their culture and their contracts. Have you? I, I was surprised when I got to TokenX and I looked at our terms. I mean, I, I didn't look at our terms before I applied. <laughs> so I got there and thought, well, wonder what this will be. And I was shocked. Um, it's unusual, though. I typically don't see terms that are that way. And that's that's the mindset that should be revisited just across the industry. Um, I, I'm wondering if the day will come when we, just like in the privacy world, it is it has come now to front and center. Um, don't shower people with words. Just say what's really happening with the data, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm wondering in the tech industry, I mean, they're, they're such powerful companies and a lot of times you either really need the solution or you've got somebody that's right dating over on the technical side and they're in love with the solution. <laughs> and um, so there's that. But more and more, I, I believe that we'll come to see that this becomes a revenue driver. Um, yeah. I mean, for us, for us, it's a competitive differentiator because we're a terms unicorn. So, um, you know, if, if we're a terms unicorn, good, good. Let, let's, let's say that to our customers. 
Yeah, I actually agree with you. You know, compliance and and things like uh, being easy to negotiate and being transparent could be competitive advantage. This is where lawyers can add a lot of value, um, and as a general counsel, you can drive that. Um, I guess that kind of leads me to the, that question: is um, now that you are the general counsel, uh, what what is your reaction as a leader, as a company legal leader? to um, this, uh, what you see in, in tech contracts and what do you think other general consults can do? I'm really lucky that I just happened to pivot over into a company that the CEO and the leadership team are aligned in with having our terms line up with how we otherwise do business. So I didn't walk in having to convince um, a, a leadership team of that. I, I think, though, um, and, and to be honest, I never did uncover on the buyer side. I never did really uncover the why besides we can <laughs> or nobody <laughs> read it. And I that can't be the actual reason. I mean, I suspect there's something to do with um, we have to recognize risk does it do we have to put something in reserves because it's a contingent liability and that's that is i mean that is one conversation and and i'm all for risk allocation i mean everybody right is trying to um you know and en enlarge their rights and reduce their obligations and and there's a there's a give and take about that but there's still a sense of just basic fairness yeah, no, I, at the end, the basic fairness and good experiences matter quite a lot. Uh, Robin, we're com quite coming to the end. This has been a, a great conversation, and I, I really like uh, your views from both sides and examples you've given of hiding the balls and how you deal with it and the conversations and the strategies. Very helpful. Um, if you, uh, I would like for you to uh, take an opportunity and, and maybe give a few sort of parting thoughts uh, for practitioners, uh, especially in house, um, you know how to deal with that egregious language in contracts, um, and maybe how to think about structuring their own contracts so that they can be better daters and, frankly, have a better marriage once the contract is um, in place. As a tech provider, we we want to stay married to our customers forever. <laughs> so there's that. But um, you know, on one hand, I think two points. One is if you're the person reviewing, really trace through defined terms. Think about if you inherit terms from a provider, think about what's missing. What is there about data? Because it that is something that's often missing. And really just um really just scrutinize. I know there's lots of words and it get, frankly can get tiring to read them all, but it's still necessary because your company is bound by them. But on the flip other side, if you're in-house uh, for a tech provider, um, you know, kind of researching out, you don't have to, to, to take the whole thing at one time, but researching out like operationally in your company, how does this really go? I, I had something just this week where we got pushed back on a clause and I looked at it with my buyer's hat on and thought, hmm, if I were if I were our customer, I would have also asked this question. Go ask operations. Operationally, 
how does this go? Okay. And I revised the terms, right, to be real, uh, which was a pullback from our clause. So I think just starting with pieces, can can you just get some pieces to be real without having to have this huge risk liability conversation? There's some things you can get to be more fair that shouldn't be controversial. Robin, again, thank you so much. I uh, I love thank how you Olga. Yeah, I like how enlightened you are about contracts. Um, I like you know your thoughts about operationally thinking how that contract fits in 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 your business. And I definitely like that idea, the alignment between the culture and the services and contracts, because your customers have the first experience with you in this dating contract negotiation stage. And that, right. I, you know, from personal experiences, leaves lasting memory. <laughs> yes. uh, they, they just don't go away. Um, and sometimes <laughs> consummated because of the the negotiation experience. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do think that there need, you know, we are, as I, I think agree, I agree with you as in privacy, we are going to fewer words, more clarity and transparency. And I definitely think because the tech providers would like to have this, this relationship, this partnership to go on forever and have be a pleasant experience from the day one. And it starts with contracts. And that is why the, one of the reasons why we need to change the culture of contracts. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye.